0: The Capitals lose in the shootout, but they pick up a point. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked LockedOnCaps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the Capitals as they fall to the New Jersey Devils. But it's not all bad. There was some good things in there as well. They actually pick up a point and they made it to the shootout. Not too bad, all things considering who their opponent is. We'll talk about that in the show. Then we'll talk about the players themselves and what was their reaction to the game And then to close out the show, we will talk about one of the stars of the game, in my opinion, Darcy Kemper. Uh, But just to get it going here, the Capitals do, in fact, fall to the New Jersey Devils. It was a tough game out there. I thought they had what it takes. I thought that this game could have gone either way. The Capitals have a long history of, you know, showing up when they need to, see when they beat the Boston Bruins, see when they beat the New York Rangers, that kind of thing. So this team... Uh, can show up and win games when they when they need to sometimes. It just wasn't the case tonight. Uh, the New Jersey Devils 42, 16, and 6, the Capitals 31, 28, and 7. it's it's getting tougher and tougher in the margin for error, in the opportunity for the Capitals to have any plans of making it to the postseason are getting smaller and smaller with every loss. I know this was going to be a tough one, but I was really hoping uh, that the Capitals were in fact going to find a way to to win this game. Again, they did. They did get the point, so that is a positive thing going forward. And to even stay in this game against a formidable opponent, I guess, a really big thing. But I guess the one thing I'm going to say, and I spoke about this on Locked On NHL now that I just recorded. Uh, was that if the, anything that the Capitals could learn from this game is how to look at the New Jersey Devils as a template of how they should proceed in the future. I mean, let's face it, the New Jersey Devils were bad for quite a few years until they started drafting well, until they started picking up some of these younger pieces and some veteran pieces, and it all worked together um, and it's a pretty young team, all things considered out there, but that team is dialed in and killing it, and they were doing it with their backup netminder Schmidt in there. Um, so just taking a look at what they have in the tank for a moment, just uh, to take a look at the Devils. I mean, it was a team uh, that is loaded: Jesper Bratt, um, Nico Kishir, Timo Meyer, the big acquisition, Eric Halla, Jack Hughes. How could you can't look over Jack Hughes? Um, You know, just a really team that is stocked from the front to the back. So I knew just going into this game that this was going to be a tough thing. The thing for me is I thought to myself, if the Caps can find a way to win this game, it would be a huge morale boost because that is what they need. They need this point, all the points they possibly can. They are running out of runway between now and you know when they can potentially make it to the playoffs if in fact that does happen so a tough moment going forward but the capitals do get on the board uh TVR was big out there TVR scores his seventh goal of the season to put the caps ahead one to nothing Van Riemsdy- Van Reemsdyke adds to his career high total and now has recorded seven points three goals and four assists in his last 14 games and good on Brian McClellan for not parting with TVR I know he's got some big decisions to make on his future if he's going to re-sign him and I guess Trevor does as well, you know, him and his agent if, you know, they're going to accept the Capitals' offer or they're going to seek greener pastures. I guess it's a tough thing for the Capitals especially if they don't get, you know, the outcome that they're looking for. It's harder to get players to come back to a team that didn't really perform. It's easy to get players to go to a team that are in contention. If you take a look at Dmitri Orlov for example, he was a little bummed that he was leaving, you know, the the Capitals since he's played here for so many years but he was overall happy that he was going to a Stanley cup winner. So that's going to be an interesting thing for the capitals to keep TVR here. You got to think there was a lot of teams given Brian McClellan, the full court press on TVR services. But uh, like he said, the back end was so banged up. That's why they decided to, to hang on him, hang on to him and good on the capitals and Brian McClellan uh, for having that foresight because it wasn't even the goals that he scored, but he had, um, Trevor Van Riemsdyk had just a lot of production out there in general. He was engaged uh, almost the entire game um, and getting a lot of shots on goal there as well. So that's part of the battle as well as just getting those high quality uh, chances on net. One of the things I guess that I could say that kind of messed the Capitals up in the very beginning was penalties. And that led to one of the goals there is you you can't win hockey games when you're in the penalty box. I mean, that's a a kind of a no brainer thing to say, but the, you know, you saw moments in there where Wilson, where the one guy had his arm kind of almost semi headlocking him and he was trying to shrug this guy off. I mean, let's, let's face it. Tom Wilson could have annihilated him, uh, but he didn't want to get drawn into that penalty. So that's, that maturity, that maturation that I'm talking about in Tom Wilson, because he knows that he doesn't want to put this team in even a worse spot with him sitting in the penalty box once again. So um, a, a positive sign, at least you're, you know, you got to find the silver lining in these games a little bit, right? Um, I, again, you know, it's, they picked up a loss. So I'm going to try to tell you some of the positive things as well. I ultimately don't think you guys want to hear a podcast. It's all doom and gloom, correct? Uh, Dylan Strom scores his 15th goal of the season to tie the game 2 2. Strom extends his point streak to three games, two goals, three assists. TJ Oshie recorded the primary assist on Strom's goal. Sonny Milano recorded the secondary assist. And the Dylan Strom deal is really starting to look like a really wise move on Brian McClellan's part, isn't it? Um, let's face it, there are some interesting things going forward about you know the future of this team and who's going to be on this team, most notably the blue line. That's starting to be solidified a little bit. you know, you got John Carlson and Rasmus Sandin Jensen under contract, and then you have Faravari and Alexiev as RFAs, so they have options there. But there is a lot of movement and a lot of pieces. You know, Connor Sherry uh, is one of those things out there as well. TVR. There are some guys that are going to be on expiring contracts, and the Capitals are going to have to decide what to do with them. Uh, So some tough things. And ultimately, um, if the Caps don't make it to the playoffs, which, you know, like I was talking about with Nova Caps there yesterday, yesterday, Justin Trudell, he said that Money Puck said it was like a 5% chance that they do. So it is a remote possibility. You know, ultimately what the Capitals are going to have to hope for is that the Islanders and the Penguins start falling on their face and that some way the Capitals are going to be able to find their December form and go on a heater. That's what they're going to have to do at the end of the season um, to to make any push for the playoffs. But at this point, uh, kind of pushing all the playoffs hopes aside, which you have to look at these games if they don't win is assessment in Vinny Iario, uh, who had a lot of minutes out there, Rasmus Sandin, another guy out there. So it's taking a look at um, those players and seeing how they're holding up to uh, the time out there as well. So taking a look at Rasmus Sandin, time on ice, 29.58. 29.58. 29.58. He is already paying dividends for this Capitals team. John Carlson, who ate up a lot of minutes for this team, we know that, is out. And uh, there's no real timetable on his return. Everything that we're hearing is that it's still a ways out. It's a ways out. Uh, Feravari is then, you know, going to be the soonest one to return, and then it's going to be Jensen after that. But still, um, I guess we don't really know the full extent of the John Carlson injury. But um, good on the Capitals having Rasmus Sandin in the fold here to pick up those minutes. But Rasmus Sandin. Just think about it. That's a tremendous amount of time. Twenty nine fifty eight. Trevor Van Riemsdyk, 27-23, uh, and Vinny Iario, um, you know, kind of just getting, I mean, towards the beginning of the game, he was getting quite a bit of time. But as I look at it now, um, it was scaled back a little bit more to 12-17. Uh, um, and then Alexiev was sixteen forty eight. So it is those blue line guys that are ha- stepping up based on necessity. They have to step up to help this Capitals team. We're missing John Carlson. We're missing Jensen. We're missing Farivari. So these other guys are stepping up. And Rasmus Sandin, for me, is the gold star player on the blue line right now. Um, I guess I would say TVR is a close second. But um, just really great to see those guys contribute to help out a position that's been a bit worrisome, uh, I guess you got to say. So there is some good news there. And uh, we're just hoping that the Capitals can find a way Uh, to pick up some wins here. As we know, they take on the Islanders this weekend, and then next week they play the New York Rangers and the Sabres. So it is going to be a tough thing for the Capitals. It's not going to be an easy thing. Make no mistake about it. If they're going to make it to the playoffs, it's not going to be easy. They're going to have to fight and claw their way to get in there. Do they ultimately have it in the tank? That is the question, and I guess it's ultimately – up to them. All right, so after the break here, we will hear from the players and what they thought about the game. I mean, what do they think went right? What do they think they need to improve? We'll talk about that next. Midway point of the NBA season is here and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sports app, America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app it's safe, secure, and super easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores in threes drained and guys, even if you're not into betting you could bet on an upcoming Wizards game it makes watching the games that much more exciting plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to Fanduel.com slash locked on. That's Fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this next segment here, we're going to talk about the Caps players and what they think. Um, it's got to be a bit of a frustrating thing to play these games when you're so close. You know, you make it to the shootout. It could have gone one way or the other. It went to four rounds of the shootout, but ultimately the Capitals were not able to pick it up. Timo O'Meyer earning the Devils a 3-2 to two victory on the road um, and it was one of the things, it was their backup in that Schmidt, Who is was a, a, a Schmidt, excuse me, is a name that, um, you know, I haven't even really heard around the league. I heard that he got kind of promoted from a advanced junior league right into the NHL. Just a crazy story uh, for him out there, but. Ultimately, the Capitals did not get the result that they were looking for. But just to hear from the players themselves, uh, Oshie dug into the team's performance when, despite escaping with a point, a sluggish start, a lopsided second, and not enough shots led to the ultimate defeat. The story in Washington Hockey Now, he says that there's a bad start in, uh, excuse me, That's three bad starts in a row, so we got to start better and try to build some momentum off the hop instead of momentum-wise getting behind the eight ball, Oshie explained. So that's one of the things where you have to engage from the very beginning. And one of the things that it seemed like the Caps were in the game to start out, you know, the first period... Is you know everything was kind of intact. The Capitals stuck to the script, but then in the second period, that's when the wheels started to wobble a little bit. So I think a cap, you know, it's what we hear all the time. The Caps have got to play a full game. You can't play, you know, a really solid period or a solid two periods. You need to play a complete game if you're going to be victorious against a team like the New Jersey Devils, who have a lot of firepower. They got a lot of speed. Um, so that's one of the tough things out there and it's, you know, you know, Tom Wilson getting tangled up with one of the guys. It's just difficult uh, because they're such a fast young team. We were just pretty sloppy. I thought of making tape to tape plays doesn't help. Our ice isn't the best usually, especially this time of year. So we got to be a little cleaner with our plays a little simpler earlier. I mean, both teams got to play on it. So it's not an excuse for anyone, but sometimes it's frustrating. He said it happens at other barns every once in a while too. So it is a, a, you know, a tough thing. And I hear all the time, different issues about uh, the ice at Capital One Arena, um, as things uh, begin to get warmer and more humid, I guess they're having more issues there. But, you know, for me, when you start reaching as to that as an excuse, that's when you know things are kind of going off the rails. And, and granted, I am not an NHL player. I'm not a hockey player. Um, but I've never heard these kind of excuses before for losing. You know, sometimes I'll hear, you know, we just weren't dialed in. But when you start blaming the ice... Um, I guess, you know, I'm going to just defer to them and say that is the case. It's just to me as an outsider hearing that story, um, it sounds um, a little off uh, if you ask me. But in any event, this is their assessment. Tom Wilson says it needs to be a little bit more consistent. We had our looks. We couldn't win the game in overtime and could have won it a few times. But could have is the word. We got to get it done. And you know who I was hoping for? Uh, that was going to come and save the day was Evgeny Kuznetsov with his slow entry in there and just kind of just, you know, very, it seems very thought out and he's just waiting for the right moment. He's coming towards the goalie and he's looking for a weakness to exploit, but it didn't happen. It like banged off the, the bar there and it wasn't meant to be. Uh, that's what I was hoping for because, you know, when it comes down to the shootout, that is a sign that you did some things right, that you even got to that point. That, you know, especially for the Capitals, you know, playing a big opponent like that, the fact that they made it to the shootout against the Devils is kind of a big thing. And, uh, you know, for them to even just leave the game with a point for me um, is a bit of a victory. You got to look for victories where you can because this team is struggling a little bit as of late. Uh, So that's what we're looking for is just those small signs of encouragement. And again, like I was talking about in the previous assessment or segment there, it's pretty much about assessing things now. It's not so much about looking at if they win or loss. It's like what worked and what didn't, what player worked and what didn't, who worked well on the power play and who didn't, the penalty kill, et cetera, and assessing who is going to be worth being on this team in the future. Um, you know, just taking a look at it, there are some guys kind of on, on the fringe, you know, you take a look at Anthony Mantha, you look at Vinny Iario, you look at Gabe Carlson, uh, you take a look at Alexi Protus and Matt Irwin and uh some some of these different guys that you know maybe their future with this team isn't so solid we ultimately don't know what their future is i mean alexi protus has bounced like a yo-yo up and down between hershey and washington so many times he's probably dizzy and um you know that's not necessarily all his fault but it's at least in part because if he played so well uh he would play so well that they wouldn't send him down to hershey right but Tough questions going forward. It's my belief here that once the the team finally comes to the point where they're like, we've tanked and there is a 0.1 chance of us making the playoffs. That's when I think you get to full assessment mode. That's when I think you roll in Connor McMichael. Um, and some of the other guys, Hendricks Lop here, if you know these guys are healthy, that kind of thing, to, you know, this is a good a good proving ground. You know, we got some games left, how many ever games that happens to be, and see what they can do in real NHL situations. I understand these guys have played on the caps before, but uh once you're to the point that the team has tanked in it, you know, the you take a look at the fuel gauge and it's on E. Um that's when you can be all in on just assessing talent and what you have, you know, mixing line combinations and D pairings and, uh, you know, seeing ultimately what you have. We're not quite there yet, but we're getting closer and closer with every loss. So that's kind of my outlook for the team uh, going forward is, you know, hopefully they can pick up some wins, but in the event that they don't, then it's more about the assessment phase than it is about, you know, just this Hail Mary pass of making it to, the playoffs. I know that it just, it just seems like the Capitals fans are just they got their claws dug into that that we're going to do it and I really want to believe that they are, but it just seems like that is dimming more and more after each loss. All right, so after the break here we will talk about one of the bright spots in the game and that's Darcy Camper and I know I hear so much about Darcy Camper. Why do you, you know, stand up for him? Well, for one, uh, he, if it wasn't for Darcy Kemper, the Caps would have lost this game by a much larger margin. Make no mistake about it. We'll talk about Darcy next. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we know the Caps lost in overtime, but who was one of their saving graces? Who kept them in the game ultimately the entire way until it was Timo Meyer and uh, Darcy, you know, wasn't able to find a way to win it. Darcy Kemper entered the game with at least one win against 31 different NHL franchises throughout his career. The lone team unbeaten him was the New Jersey Devils carrying a 5-0-2 record with the veteran netminders manning the opponent's pipes. Kemper did all he could do to put the skid to rest with 38 saves on 40 shots, willing the Capitals through 65 minutes of play. So that alone, and I was talking about the wife about this, is that before I did this podcast, I said, you know, take a look at how many saves he made and that there's still going to be fans saying that Darcy Kemper lost the game for him. Just take a look how many pucks he did save. You got to think at the end of the day that how many of those were due to botched plays, how many of those were due to blown uh, coverages. You know what I mean? Where your uh, the defensive guy was out of position, or you know, a coughed up puck, or that kind of thing. You know, to put this squarely on Darcy Kemper's shoulders would be crazy. Saving thirty eight. Of 40 Got to say it's pretty good. Ultimately, I wish he would have saved 40 of 40, uh, but that's not the case. Coming off a 37 save outing against the Kings on Monday, Kemper once again faced an onslaught of shots courtesy of one of the NHL's top offensive teams. He bottled up the Devils in five-on-five play, allowing just one goal with even strength, while the other was scored on the power play when a puck deflected off a capital skater in the goal, writes NBC uh, Sports Washington. So You know, just taking a look at what he did, he ultimately kept the Capitals in this game. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm a bit, you know, miffed or kind of I don't understand why they haven't gone back to Charlie Lindgren. I think, you know, in this case, they were looking at the analytics behind it and that's why they chose to do it. But you got to think at some point that Charlie's going to get the net. Um, is that going to be this weekend against the Islanders? Again, the Islanders are a t- another team that is um, struggling a bit uh, this year, uh, despite their moves and getting Bull Horvat and all that kind of thing out there. It hasn't uh, seemed to help them, you know, in their push to make it to the playoffs. They are in a better position than the Caps are, but they are starting to get almost on the outside looking in as well, as far as the playoffs are concerned. The Isles and the Pens You know, they're going to have to really kind of ramp it up too if they want to make it. And then the Capitals are even one step down from them. So tough waters for the Caps to tread going forward. But that's my big takeaway from this game is look at the silver lining. Darcy Kemper dialed in. Dylan Strome in beast mode out there. TVR, you know, proven uh, Brian McClellan right that, you know, that's the reason why you didn't move me. Uh, saving the Caps, Bacon and Rasmus Sandine eating up almost 30 minutes out there. Just crazy times for Rasmus Sandine. He went uh, from playing on the third pairing with uh, the with Toronto Maple Leafs to come in here and just eating up so much time. 29-58 on ice. So just crazy for Rasmus Sandine. But those are the things that I'm going to latch on to. I'm not going to even waste my time thinking about the negative. I, my mind as a Caps fan, as a guy that covers this team for Lockdown, is my eyes are already on the future. I'm almost, I'm already kind of resigned to the fact that they're not going to make it to the playoffs. For me, it's about seeing what do the Caps have in Vinny Iario, what do they have in Gabe Carlson, what do they have in Rasmus Sandin? Where is he going to fit when John Carlson comes back? Marty Ferravari and Jensen, when they come back, what does that mean for Iario um, and Gabe Carlson? Those kind of things. So those are the things that are consuming my mind as a Capitals fan. It's just, it's too difficult and it's too negative and depressing to think about you know, this team making it, they're not going to make it to the playoffs. You just almost got to kind of push that out of your mind. And if it happens, it's a bonus And if it doesn't, well, we kind of knew it anyway, right? So that's what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, ultimately, it's uh, again, I would love to be wrong. And you've got to know that Alex Ovechkin and Oshie and Wilson and Backstrom and this, you know, elite level of players are not going to lay over and play dead until it's finally, until it's actually over, until there is a 0.0% chance of making it to the playoffs. They are going to do their level best to try to make it to the playoffs. I have no doubt in my mind, but for me, as an observer, I'm not as invested in it as they are, as those guys are the ones that are actually playing the games. For me, that's where I'm at. I'm moving on to the future and what this team is going to look like in the fall. I think that that would be sage advice for most of the fans out there as well. Um, And then just if anything positive happens, then just treat it as a bonus. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Locked On Game to Game NHL available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you find your podcast. So, once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find this Podcasts on apple spotify stitcher odyssey wherever you find your podcasts just make sure and hit that follow or subscribe button and then when you're done there go over to youtube hit that subscribe button and then when you're watching the videos give it a thumbs up or leave some comments if you like the videos it really helps grow the channel we're already at over 450 subscribers Let's get that up to 500. If you could help me with that, I would be ever so grateful for you. And thank you once again for listening and or watching to this show. So once again, thank you for joining me. And I'll talk to you again next time. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write.